Previously on The Lucky 10,000. Oh, oh no. my gosh, the water's oh, everywhere! If only, we could, if only in the past that hadn't happened. Oh. Or has that even happened yet? And now, part two. You are a part of The Lucky 10,000. With your hosts, Evan and Emily. Season 2, Astrophysics. This is the other question, and this is what a lot of sci-fi asks. This is the question. If you could go back in time and kill Hitler, let's just say, yeah, you'd be saving six million Jews, which yeah. on the surface sounds like a wonderful thing to do. But what if that irrevocably breaks the future to the point where we end up living in a worse future? It's like Homer Simpson with the donuts. Yes. And the Except toaster. that's a lot more easy. Um. You know, but like what a like, yeah, what a difficult question. Right. Like, it, yeah, it's this question of ethics. What do we value? Like, do we uh, No, But do we. uh, Yeah. Do we value. We don't know know what the future would be. Right. Killed Hitler before World War Two started or before he started killing anyone. So what if the future that you create by doing that ends up being worse? I have a question. that, That we have. What if we, there are time travelers, but like we don't know about them. Because they already know that you should Because they anything. already know that like you can't change anything. Mm-hmm. So like they just live their lives. Or if we do have time travelers and they are crafting what we're currently living in. Could be. And it's because like. Because they know things ended up well. Yeah. If these certain things happen. So we are living in a like honed, crafted, so, tweaked past in that imagination so you're the person that is contracted to go back in time and save hitler from being killed oh that's so weird because you know that if right. he does get killed mm-hmm. the future is going to be way worse but how do you do that how, how, as, as uh, an ethical moral person you have to save this monster of man well it's kind of like yeah if i mean i think if i knew that it would be somehow like a worse future. Like I can't imagine a worse future than like six million people being either, murdered but that's because we haven't experienced. Right, it. but I mean, it could be like complete apocalypse for right. everyone on the planet, or like something even where like or those six million people were like tortured small. Like, instead because you know? of. Let's just say because of if you were to save, if you were to kill Hitler, seven million people die instead of six. Right. What Maybe a it's weird like something choice my, to make. Yeah. You're condemning six million people. You're saving one. But you're. Well, I mean, you're saving one million people. Right, that's what I mean. So, yeah, you have to, like, get... You, yeah, you have to make that choice. Oh, man, how difficult. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to do it. The difficult questions. I think I would. I'd like to save one million people's lives. I would like to do that. But then you come back to the future and realize every time you see somebody still alive that talks about finding their family in in, in a in a, an internment camp, right. you go, oh, yeah, that was because of me. Right, well, it wasn't because of you. Without you, <laughs> there would have been many more people who were, like... Right, oh, I don't I mean, have my family. Either way, you have a hand in millions of people's deaths. Well, this is true. I mean, how, can you? I choose to look on the sunny side. <laughs> you tend but, to be an optimist about millions but again, of people dying. But again, we like can't know. We can't know no, we can't. that like going back in time and killing Hitler or stopping that from happening, or like even like little things like going back in time and like stopping me from stubbing my toe. It right. would be great to stop me from stubbing my yeah. toe. But how do I know that me stubbing my toe didn't lead to? Something else. I don't know. Like through that butterfly effect of like something else happening that day. You stubbed your toe and yes. you fell over. 
preventing right. the person who accidentally was outside polishing their gun and it went off and comes through the window and barely misses your head. Right. Somebody goes back in time and stops you from stubbing your toe, you get shot in the head and die. Exactly. So, yeah, we never know what the future could be if right. we change time. That's correct. Evan, this is deep-ish. <laughs> well, do you want some more pop pop, uh, pop culture? Pop culture. Bring it on. Uh, let's see. The next thing on my list, a uh, very low-budget movie called Primer. I thought you were going to say The Room, but I'm ready. <laughs> the I Room like, is a time travel that movie. That was not a low-budget film. every time I see The Room, I'm transported to a wonderful place. Oh, my gosh. Moving um, on. So there's a movement in cinema. I don't know if you know it. It's called Mumblecore. No idea. I, I thought you were going to be like Artur, and I was like, I get it. I sort of despise mumblecore because what they Tell did me was everything. It's a it's a type of movie where they want they went with the lowest budget possible and tried to make it as grounded and tried to make every situation as grounded and real as possible. Which on the surface, especially as an actor, sounds like yeah, why wouldn't you? But there's no drama. There's no. I saw a movie that was about a guy who saw demons everywhere, and. He started killing people because he thought they were demons. Okay. And so you're sitting there going, wow, that sounds really intense and dramatic and could right. have something important to say. No. Except most of the movie was concerned with him and his roommate eating scrambled eggs and just talking. This <laughs> is why, like I'm going to go on an art rant for a second. Yeah. This is why like good plays yeah. are always about the most, the important, most important moment of life, someone's yeah. life. Like a whole bunch of most important moments. Like if they were going to write a play about my life, they would not write about like me sitting down right. and eating breakfast or whatever. Um, and that's why when you have a, when you have a play in front of you, even though it looks like, oh, look, I'm just like hanging out with my husband, living my life, yeah. or like, oh, I'm just like hanging out with my best friend. It's really yeah. like the most important moment with your best friend right. because why are we watching it? Right. And and it's not that the movie didn't have those. Why are big we watching this mumblecore? And to be and to be fair, it's like, okay, there are moments where you want to establish, say, a friendship or a relationship or something like that. That's great. Right. But we look at that friendship or right. relationship when it's established through the lens of this. The, like, Even right. if it looks like, a, 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 appearing to be like, oh, we're just meeting in the park and getting right. some coffee. Like, something important is about to happen and is yes. happening and both of the characters know it, but they're trying to keep it normal. Right. But then someone says, like, by the way, I'm having a baby. And it's like, oh, right. my God. Yeah. You know, and that's the problem with that type of cinema that I've seen is that there were moments in the movie where you saw what it could have been had the filmmakers just wanted to elevate everything just a hair. I hate and, it. And the same, they, there was this movie called Hump Day about these two just bros, straight dudes, bro dudes who decide that they, in order to make money, want to do like a one shot gay porn deal with each other. That's weird. It's it's a it's an odd plot. It's a plot you you would think you would hear in an Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, that would end up being awful. It was awful in a different way because it was uh, so boring. Like that's Adam annoying. Sandler movies would be boring because everyone's trying so hard to be funny that it's not funny at all. Yeah, and this movie was just like, hey man, I think it would be a good idea. Oh, that'd be weird. Oh, I hate I it. I hate uh, it. Oh, I that's hate why it so it's much. Called mumblecore. I hate it so much. The camera's always slightly shaky, and, and it's everyone's mumbling, up, and it's very improvisational. I hate it so much. I'm I think so Samuel mad. Jackson called that kind of stuff uh, an acting exercise, not a play. Or right. Oh. <laughs> anyway. Well, the reason I bring it up is because one of those types of movies that really worked for me. Oh. And actually involved time travel, 
is a movie called Primer. Very low budget. Okay. About these two friends who are able to invent a time machine. Yes. And then they realize they keep using it again and again and again. And it's not like they go back to gladiator times or anything like that. They go back to reasonably recently in their own lives and end up changing things and have to sort of fix them. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. It's really good. It's That's really cool. involving and it seems very real and believable. Like they make this time machine in a fucking one of those uh, uh, save lots where you get the <gasps> storage units and everything. Yes, your little storage and unit And they place. don't really have to spend a ton of money on effects because the guys just like go into the box and then the light comes on and they come out and you know their time travel. <laughs> but then awesome. as the movie goes on, you don't see them go into the box every time. So you're never quite sure if when you see a guy, if he's the past version of himself or the present version of himself. Oh, I like that. It's really good. Oh, cool. It's definitely one I would recommend. But it's a mumblecore movie, mumblecore so I'm probably going to still hate it. I don't think you will this time. Okay, all right. actually happens. Okay, because it's, like, it's actually important. stop in the middle of the time travel and go like, hey man, um, I was writing a poem yesterday, and um, yeah, really? Let me let me hear it. I don't know. It's not finished yet. I hate poetry. I yeah. Whatever, man. Uh, I mean, we could try it. I mean, I, you know what? I probably won't write it either. Yeah, oh, okay. Uh, should we travel through time again? Okay. Yeah, that... That's not that. No. Okay, no, good. not at all. Good. Because that's the other thing about that kind of stuff is every conversation should have something to do with the plot. And even if it doesn't? Not necessarily. Not necessarily I'm talking about the plot. Yeah. But why is the conversation in the player it's movie storytelling. if it's not moving it's, anything forward? It, yeah, it's adding even on. Even if you're not talking about the plot. Yeah. If you're not establishing sometimes, a relationship or, you Sometimes know, you need exposition. Sometimes you yes. need to figure out who this person is. But as long as it's moving things forward, yes. but if we're talking about something completely random, i.e. every scene in the room, yes. um, then it's a problem. Yeah. And it, it's just, it comes across as pretentious and boring. Duh. And I am allergic to pretension. And I'm allergic to boring. Maybe Together, they're proring. Proring. Preg. Pretoring. Pretinging. Pretentious. Please cut all those. Pretentious. Pretentious. Good call. Thank you. Got any more science for me? Hit me in the face with some I, science. I, you know, I do have some like quotey doties um, from what the experts say about time travel. Okay. Um. Our prof, Stephen Hawking, yeah, of course, uh, says that time travel was once considered t- scientific heresy. Yeah. I used to avoid talking about it for fear of being labeled a crank, but these days, I'm not so cautious. In fact, I'm obsessed by time. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, he's he's full on board with the whole time travel idea. Yeah, he's like, let's do and it, he's man. he's one of the people that I feel like is kind of keeping the flag flying for it, right? Because I, I, yeah. think, I think if Stephen Hawking weren't going, I think this could happen, guys, P- people wouldn't be going, maybe you can. Yeah. Well, maybe. Yeah. I mean, if Stephen Hawking says it could happen. I'm going to think it could happen. I'm mean, at least going to think it's considerate. It's yeah. possible. Uh, Professor Brian Cox yeah. says... Time travel into the future is possible. In fact, it's an intrinsic part of the way the universe is built. Yes. We're all time travelers in our own small way. Well, you know, it's interesting. Something Brian Greene actually brought up in that video I watched is the one defense he has for the fact that we might be able to travel into the past is because time is basically a construct of our brains. Right. The way time moves is just us trying to figure things out. And he said it makes evolutionary sense 
because we always have to think about the future. Our next meal. Right. Uh, uh, where, where are we going to sleep for where the night? Where predators could be coming where from. predators could be coming from. So time is linear to us because that's the way our brains have to be wired. It's like, right. the, it's like the human nature to see patterns. When right. you see a face on the moon, there's no face on the moon. But yeah. evolutionarily speaking, we look for stuff we can recognize. Right. So that way we can be like, ooh, that's a leopard. Or, ooh, right. this is a fruit I can eat. Or whatever. So he did purport the idea of maybe time isn't moving the way we think it is. And it's kind of like that. Remember that one when we talked about like um, the Big Bang? Yeah. Like possibly being being in a loop yes. like time has been is moving forward yes. and then time can also move backward to get back to yes. that tiny space and then time can move forward again yeah. and like us thinking about time moving backward makes your brain leak out yeah. your ears uh but there it is like it could move in different ways right. than we understand i don't have this one on my list but in uh, the comic book and movie the watchman there is i've, a- I've read and watched that one Oh my God! Evan is stunned. You His just eyes. So many people back to the show. Everyone, come back! Click, 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 click. Doctor Manhattan, perfect example Dr. of a Manhattan, character who's experiencing yes. time, all sorts of time. Oh, at the you're exact right. Same ex- moment. I forgot that. Mm-hmm. He experiences time at, at all the at once. Exact same time. So he's not Hamilton going viewers, in the come back. Click, click, click. I mean, click, if click, you know click, the Watchmen, that's, that's really good for you. I do know the, the Watchmen. <laughs> Did you my, enjoy the movie? I. I didn't. Oh no! I did no. Come back, come back, Watchmen fans. <laughs> Actually, no. the movie, the movie's kind of divisive. I, I yeah, liked it. I wasn't a soups fan. Did the, you like the book? I loved the novel. Oh, okay, but I, that's why I think graphic I graphic novel. Right, the graphic novel. <laughs> I can't call it a novel. You have to I call have it to call it a graphic click, novel. Click, 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 I click. hate you all. <laughs> Go away. I don't care. Um, well, I enjoyed the graphic novel or the it's novel, um, and I think that's why I didn't like the movie so much because I was just had like to the, leave so much out. And the characters like didn't quite match up what how I experienced them in the book. I, maybe maybe I'm too much of a surface person. I kind of feel like the movie was basically the book transposed and I liked that about it. Characters that made it to, and you know, some of the characters are just kind of dull. The fucking Night Owl this is, is kind of boring. Yeah, what does he do? Rorschach's fucking awesome. Rorschach is pretty <laughs> Dr. awesome. Dr. Manhattan, I thought was amazing. Dr. Manhattan movie. is baller when he made like the little like castle of the, I was like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah, the comedian. It I was like was, he was Elsa. Yeah. Let it go. Let it go. It's I mean, happening. That, the visuals in that at least. And that's, you know, Zack Snyder is really good with visuals. I would love to see a comic book movie that uses like frames really well. Oh, yeah. Like, you know how, like, and, the, and I was listening to another podcast about like how comic books are framed. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, it's so amazing. How could we do movies like in that similar framing style and technique? But I guess well, that's what directors try to do maybe i'll do like but there's maybe i'll watch things, like, that if you saw the second way. avengers movie yes there's I a didn't. moment in that movie where uh thor and iron man and the vision are all shooting their powers at the main villain of the movie at the same time <gasps> and so the camera sort of starts on one side and then pans back and you can see all of them shooting their shit at this one guy who's trying to defend himself and that's what they call a splash page in comics oh that's where they take like instead right. of just doing the frame by frame you take the whole page and you're two just like pages just we're doing blah. it so there Boy. are directors that know how to do it. Yeah. And, you know, Ang Lee tried it with his Hulk movie, actually literally doing comic book panels. Who directed Watchmen? Zack Snyder. So yeah. you're telling me that in Hulk, Ang Lee did it with, like, panels. Actually literally used comic book panels. Oh. Not the whole time. But, but some of it. Scene transitions and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, that can be a little cumbersome, maybe. Uh, I don't think that was the failing of that movie. That's why I'm not a director. <laughs>
Hey guys, this is Evan. Hey, Jason Underwood. And if you're enjoying listening to The Lucky 10,000, then come on over to a podcast where nobody's ever getting lucky, ever. Here on The Lucky 10,000, you're here to learn, but with the bearded ones, we're here to make you laugh. And and maybe you'll learn something while you're laughing. Yeah, learn something, like, about Batman. <laughs> I mean, for we were on a stint of Matlock for a while. I, it was funny to me. Not the, hey, I mean, I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, that's not how you sell it. Come anything. on over and listen to the Bearded One podcast, I guess. I yeah, mean, I, I like it. I'd be a shit salesman. <laughs> um, Come buy this car. I mean, I drove it once. You, yeah, probably, you probably wouldn't like yeah, it. You don't want to, <laughs> you yeah, don't yeah, 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 you don't want to. You know what? Fuck this. Don't listen to Bearded One. <laughs> Come on, check us out. Bearded One's comedy podcast on the Bearded Pods Network. I knew that. I didn't know that. Well, that's why we're here, listening to the Lucky 10,000. You learn something new with every episode. And while you're here at the Bearded Pods Network, you might want to come and give us some pod love. We're Teddy and the Bassman. We cover all sorts of subjects, speak with tons of interesting guests, and entertain you with a melange of vintage commercials and jingles, and a whole plethora of eclectic music. You might even learn something from us as well. It'll probably be about bondage, but... Teddy and the Baseman. But anyway... Um, okay, and sorry, back no, to no. our back to our main yeah. thing about quotes from scientists. I've already decided this is just going to be two episodes. I think that's great. Two episodes it up. We, we can go back in time. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll just put my water down here. Oh, that's precariously close to your keyboard. Mm, it'll be fun. Okay, uh, Professor Ronald, Ron, <laughs> Professor Ronald Mallet. Ronnie Mal. Who? Oh, that's who that's you were talking guy. about. Yeah. My my boo, my boo. Ronald Mallet says, depending on breakthroughs, technology, and funding, I believe human time travel could happen this century. Well, and again, from what I saw when he said that, he meant sending information back once his machine. Of course, it's all about his machine. I know. It's like somebody that has a new Jack the Ripper theory just because they're trying to sell a book. But he says human time travel. Yeah. Human. Well, and I need to double check then the date of this documentary. It didn't look that long ago. It was a National Geographic documentary about time travel. But maybe he means like human time travel is in like human information. Right. Maybe. Or maybe he figures something else out. I love it. That's the great thing about science, Emily, is it's always pushing forward. Womp, 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 womp. And it always changes. It does. It's always pushing forward. And it always changes. Womp, 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 womp. And you have to go, it does. It does. Oh, dang it. <laughs> I'm trying to fuck with people now. It's the thing about science, Emily. It's always moving forward. And it always changes. It does. Womp, yeah. womp, womp, womp. <laughs> okay, what other pop culture do you have oh, for me? so much. Oh, I can't believe this. Uh, How many more? on Ugh. my list after, well, I, can't, I tried to keep it to 10. I'm proud of you. And they're really not hard. all Star Trek, so no, that's we're, good. we're done with Star Trek for I know. this episode. It's amazing. There are obviously other Star Trek things I could bring up, but we're done for this episode. Okay, thank God. Um, let's see. Have you ever seen Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? I have. Oh, my God. My, like, second boyfriend ever in high school was like we're going to watch bill and ted's excellent adventure and i was just like this is so lame but (laughs) so weird like fun it's a fun movie like he showed me like monty python yeah and i was just like it was like weird enough but not like things i actually enjoyed yeah but i was like Okay. You didn't like Monty Python? I mean, it was click, fine. Click, 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 no, come click, back, click, Monty click, Python click, people. No, no. I think the thing is with Monty Python is that, like, I, it, it was set up for me that, like, this will, 
he was like, life. this will be earth shattering. <laughs> you will love this. You yeah. need to know this. It's important. Blah, blah, blah. And I was not ready for it to be like the dry right. British humor yeah, yeah, yeah. that it is. I was expecting like rolling on the floor laughing out loud. And I was just like, I understand it's a flesh wound. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> like he's he's a knight and his limbs are getting chopped off. I totally understand it. But it's not making me cackle. Right. Yeah. So anyway, it, I think it was all in the setup, and I think a similar setup happened for me for Bill and Ted. I mean, I recently You're gonna rewatched love this Bill movie, and, and I was like, ago, okay. and I enjoyed it. But it definitely is one of those movies that appeals to people of a certain age. It has a lot of nostalgia to it. However, it's still so much, so cute and so much fun. It is cute to watch them going through time in a phone and booth. Little Keanu, and, and little Keanu, and little Alex Winter. I don't even know who that is. He's he's Bill. Right, but I mean, like, has he done anything else other than uh, that? He did Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Oh my gosh, I'm done. And he did The Lost Boys. I'm still done. All right. George Carlin was in it. Hey, that's something. Oh, you're right. You're right, he was. He was he Rufus. Was. Oh, it's been so long since I've seen yeah, that. I know, but tell me all about Bill and Ted. I mean, there's not I mean, a whole lot of detail like to go into. I mean, it's just like, he goes back in time and they take historical And they take historical, historical figures. figures and bring them back into the present. So it's and similar. hijinks ensue. It's similar to the whale. Like, we're going to go back in time and yes. bring a whale to our future. Yes. It's like, I'm going to go back in time and bring Bernie, Benny Franklin Although I always have certain questions about Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. So they go back and grab Joan of Arc at one yeah, point. And they, they also grab Abraham Lincoln. Yep. They take them to the school to do yep. their little report. Mm-hmm. And then they have to send them back to their own times. At any point, do they ever stop to think... Well, she's going to get burned at the stake if and we take her back. he's going to get, get shot mushed. in the head. Do they ever stop and go, should we at least tell them? Like, I don't think they thought that one through. I Yeah, I would have, if I were Bill and or Ted, yeah. I would probably have just been like, y'all are better off here. Yeah. But again, that wasn't the single changeable timeline. That was kind of something different. That's true. Because it's not whatever happened happened. It's not like... You can't change anything. So are you saying that Bill and Ted created an entire new theory of time travel? Because basically what happens is they get all these people, they have a little fun with them, and then they send them back to their pasts and nothing changes I because they send them- I think what happened was probably the many worlds interpretation. Maybe. As soon as they yoinked Abraham Lincoln, another timeline happened where Abraham Lincoln was absent for a little bit. Sure. And then he- Shows up again, and maybe in that timeline he doesn't get killed. Or if you could take him back to the exact moment that you took him. Oh, yeah. And put him back. But then he'd have knowledge of the future, at least maybe not his fate. Right, but so he I could be Abe like... Lincoln, yeah. And I went to the future. My first thing would be, I'm going to go to a library, and I'm going to fucking see what how it all shook down. Or, I, or I'm just going to ask the people around me, hi, so... I mean, that's what... I mean, if I'm Emily Grove, yeah. and I get mushed to a future, yeah. and I'll be like, oh, it's 2087? Does Anyone know my name? <laughs> my name's Emily Grove. Anything exciting that was happening? The, fun thing to, the most fun thing about Bill and Ted to me was that these two losers were responsible for uniting the galaxy in peace. It happened. And they didn't know it. Like, yeah. that's the fun thing about that, is that you never know where that kind of thing is going to come from. Yeah. And I think it also appealed to people on the same level that The Matrix appeals to people. Oh, my Because gosh. it's one of those things where you take somebody who's just a regular everyday person, and then without any real effort of their own, you go, you're a god, and you're amazing. Right. Neo didn't have to do anything. It's just got, I uploaded Kung Fu, the so Matrix I'm good. The Matrix is the ultimate gamer fantasy. It's because ridiculous. all you have to do is sit in your computer chair, and you learn karate. That's you gross. You get the hot chick. You can fly. You have powers. And you save the world. I hate it. That's You do it all from your computer chair. I hate it. 
And Bill and Ted is kind of the same way. These two burnout rockers just get told by somebody, you guys are amazing. You're going to be in a metal band and everyone, literally everyone is going to love you. Yeah, that's weird. But it's the ultimate fantasy. It's the ultimate American fantasy. Ultimate success through no real effort. Well, the idea of like the everyman being successful. Yeah, Yeah. the American dream. Anybody can do it. it's It's a Star Wars story. It's 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 the little farm boy makes good, except he actually had to do shit. He did. He did have to learn how to be a Jedi. Yeah. Um. If you could go back in time, Evan. Yeah. And like have one like let's say you could go back in time and okay. there wouldn't be any consequences to your actions. Like okay. it's not like the universe would be uh negatively impacted. Right. So it's not like going back in time and you do something and then the world blows up and explodes. Right. But like that it would be either similar to how the world is happening now okay. or it would be improved. Okay. Again, the question of like what improvement sure. is. But anyway, what would you change if you could go back in time? Or where would you go to? I have a couple of different I mean, first of all, I'm not a religious person, as okay. we discussed before. I don't necessarily think that there's a God. But tell me everything. I would want to go back and see if Jesus existed. <gasps> I think he did. I don't know. Um, because it's it's so hard. Because every religion has sort of a Jesus figure. And yeah, I don't Muhammad. Know, but I would love to be able to just go and answer the question for myself. I hate to be, be brutal about this, but maybe after the crucifixion, see him get buried and then just kind of hang out for those three Evan, days. Evan, you could become a Christian by going back in time. I don't think if I'd you, become a Christian. If Not you a saw Jesus Christian. raised from the dead, you'd be like, uh, done, Jack. But I wouldn't be a modern Christian. I wouldn't be Christians the way Christians are now. Okay. I wouldn't come back. But if I saw that. You'd start your own church and you'd be Evan Harris, the pastor, <laughs> in the timeline that but it created. If I saw it would be Jesus amazing. resurrect himself, I'd be like, whoa, okay, I get it. I got a couple of questions <laughs> for you. Oh, man, uh, I can't believe I knocked that over. Give me a good defense for the whole gay thing back in my time. Uh, give me a good defense for the whole, you know, when you said rich people can't fit through, you know, the, the eye of the Evan, I can tell you all these answers. <clears throat> but I want to hear them from Jesus so I can actually come back and go, well, Jesus said, and I would take my phone back at time with me. Oh my gosh, you'd like, record Jesus. He'd record. And then I would take a cow. No one would believe I would, you. I would anally probe someone and then <laughs> I would come back to the future. <laughs> um, I watched some YouTube videos about people who claim that they were time travelers. Uh, I think this was going to be the thing that I was going to show you, thinking it would blow your mind. It didn't. Talking about the guy with the tattoo in his arm? Oh, I didn't see that. You're going to show me it. Yeah. I can't wait. What did you see? I just saw like a guy come back with like a blurry picture of like what 20, the 2300 looks like. Oh. And I was like, that that is nothing. And then somebody came back and was like, I was in 2060 and, oh no, I think it was like 2030. And he was from the 80s. He went to 2030 and then he like stopped off, I guess, in 2018 Mm -hmm. and was just like, hey, I'm a time traveler. I'm from the 80s. I just want to let you know this stuff. And I was like, that's so weird. Yeah. Like, we can't, but that's what happened to you. You would come back with images of Jesus and be like, that's some actor in a suit. You're probably right. In a toga. You're probably right. And then Jesus would come down, be like, nope, it's me. And then he would take a cow. And they would handily probe someone. <laughs> well, what would you do? What would you What would you see? Oh my gosh, Evan! I mean, that's one of so many things I could say. I would love to see a dinosaur for real. Oh I my gosh, that'd be amazing! If there was a second shooter on the grassy knoll, you know, all this kind of stuff. Right, the unsolved mysteries of the yeah. world. See who Jack the Ripper was. Find out who the Zodiac was. I don't know that I would change anything, Evan. Yeah, I mean, I guess 
I'm not changing anything in any of mine because if I saw who Jack the Ripper was, again, would anyone believe me? That wouldn't change anything. Right. I mean, I guess I would like want to go back and like do the shooting Hitler thing or like the, I, but I don't know if I could kill someone. Well, that's the thing. If you, it's, it uh. goes back to what you talked about before. If you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that it wouldn't hurt the future, yeah, then yeah. I, I'd absolutely Yeah, we'd it. do that, yeah. But yeah, I don't know that I would change anything in my life, which is like a really boring answer. I would but yeah, maybe there are things like in... I definitely have regret. Oh, you meant our lives personally? No, no, no. Uh, it doesn't have to be. It can be whatever. But I'm just thinking like regrets. my personal life, I think I'm okay. There are definitely things that have negatively impacted me that I would love to... Oh yeah, with. like that one time that I put my foot in my mouth and I'd be like, oh, I wish I hadn't said that. Or like that one time where I like misspoke. I'm like, oh, I wish I had... Or like... Every time I had a comeback that, like, I thought of a thousand days later, yeah. I would just go back to that time and be like, oh, this is well, what I want to say. The store called, and they're running out of you. I, that, I should use that as my stock answer. <laughs> well, the jerk store ran out. Okay, uh, moving on, unless you have anything else with the science. I have literally nothing. Uh, Philadelphia Experiment was a movie that affected me when I was younger. It's based on, I think, a semi-true story where uh, there was a naval ship, a big, like, battleship mm-hmm. they were experimenting on uh, i think in real life they were experimenting on how to possibly camouflage it okay in this movie the ship disappears for a second sending one of the crew members decades into the past into the oh! future excuse me into the oh future. okay and through the whole mo- the reason this movie sticks in my mind is because the whole movie is about him trying to get back to his time in the during the Philadelphia experiment. The right. Philadelphia experiment, if I remember correctly, please email us and correct us if I'm wrong. It was a real thing. And this <gasps> fucked me up because when he goes back Are you talking about like the Manhattan Project? Was the Manhattan Project the one with the ship where the people got melted into the No. Okay. I, this I, is another thing. I might be confusing the Philadelphia experiment with the Manhattan Project. That's cool. Email though. us if I'm wrong. Hey, bring but it in on. the movie, mm-hmm. and this is based on fact, obviously not the time travel part. Right. But when he goes back to the ship, he sees people welded into the metal, like halfway coming out of the floor of the ship. Because during the experiment, like matter sort of went away for a second. And so people kind of fell into the ship and then it came back. And so they're all just like, this one guy's like completely half into oh the ship. Oh my gosh. Like, it, it really messed with me. So oh that's my the gosh. reason I remember that movie. Yeah. Um, so he's trying to get back to, he went to the future and is trying to get back to his modern yes. time. Which again, I, there's been so many instances of people going, there's a great South Park episode, a three part episode that is based on Buck Rogers, where uh, Cartman, uh, he wants a Wii and he can't wait until Christmas, so he decides to freeze himself. I like rolled my eyes so hard. <laughs> <laughs> South Park is like the greatest show ever. Uh, so he gets Butters to help him bury himself in the snow in the mountains so he can freeze himself. And Butters is supposed to come and get him on Christmas Day when the week comes out. But an avalanche occurs and buries Cartman. So he goes hundreds of years into the future and is discovered by a civilization there that has. And this is an episode that actually criticizes, uh, uh, even though I pretty much an atheist, it's an episode that criticizes uh, people who say that religion is sort of the the... The cause of all our problems. Uh huh. Oh no, you think I'm looking somewhere? I'm just staring <laughs> off. Because into... he goes to no. I'll, so he goes to a future where science has replaced all religion, and they're still warring, and they're still fighting. They just right. are now fighting because of science. And this is what I will say to be absolutely fair. Um, again, I don't believe in 
supernatural powers and all this other stuff. I have heard people that a lot of times I agree with, like Bill Maher, for example, say something about how religion is the cause of all ills in the world and all this other stuff, all the wars and all this other stuff. And I'm like, okay, you can always look at the religious leaders and say, yes, that's what they told the people to get them motivated to go to war. But if it wasn't religion, it probably would have just been something else. It'd be something, yeah. Because <laughs> their end goal wasn't religious. Their end goal was just simply power. I think that like the the, the root of all ills in the world is like people not listening to other people greed like power yeah and like you could like you can have a belief and someone else can have a belief and yeah. there will always be beliefs and they will always be different from other people will also always be believers unfortunately hey i'm a believer i'm not um you got anything else well i just have something yeah go for up, it i mean it's just about like back to wormholes a little bit oh yeah let's do that. talking about sad things about wormholes oh no What's sad about wormholes? So, even though, you know, adding this exotic matter, this, like, negative matter to a wormhole could stabilize it to the point that a human passenger could travel safely through it, there's still the possibility that adding regular matter to it, Mm -hmm. like a human being body, would destabilize the portal. So, even if we could keep it open, having us actually go into it would still fuck us up and close it. Yeah. Possibly. Aww. And that's what Stephen Hawking says. Aww. I know. And then Matt Visser again um, says that wormholes are hypothetical entities that show up in a theoretical analysis of Einstein's theory of gravity. Of gravity. Gravity. <laughs> of gravity. That was a that was college band. General <laughs> gravity. I need to make a band called that. <laughs> but nobody. Hello, Greenville. We are gravity. <laughs> we are gravity. Bring us your Wiener Schnitzel. <laughs> uh, nobody has yet seen a wormhole, nor are we certain that they even exist. But Matt says that they seem to show up so easily when we do the calculations, like you were saying, like yeah. the maths work, that many physicists suspect that they might actually be out there. That would be. I think the maths work on so many things that we haven't technically seen yet. Yeah. That you just kind of assume that they're around. It's gone, They're going to happen. Until somebody comes along with some new maths. Ugh. I know. The new maths. But you... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go for it. If you had something else, please. I just have like two more yeah. scientists talking about junk. Do it. Stephen H S U. Stephen Shu. 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 But Steve, Big Steve, he's a professor of theoretical Related physics. Related to Elizabeth Shu, who is in Back to the Future two and three. Oh my gosh! It all comes back together. But he's a theoretical physicist at the University of Oregon. He says. No one thinks we're going to find a wormhole anytime soon. No. That's no. like his quote. He's like, no one thinks we're going to find a wormhole anytime soon. He's just soon. so He's just, over people asking I'm giving up. It. I can't like, do you it. Know what? I'm just, uh, no, it's not going to happen. But Kip Thorne, he says there are very strong indications that wormholes, indications that a human could travel. Mm. <laughs> there are very strong indications that wormholes that a human could travel through are forbidden by the laws of physics. Aww. He says that's sad, it's unfortunate, but that's the direction in which things are pointing. Until so, we figure it out. Yeah, so like getting a human through a wormhole mm-hmm. doesn't look like that's going to happen. It hasn't happened like, for me in a while yeah, either. The ma- you're so weird. But yeah, the math tells us that wormholes exist, possibly. Yeah. But they don't. They, the calculations don't make it really well that a human could travel through it. And Ugh. that's pretty much like in all of my research about like is time travel possible, yeah. every article was like wormhole, 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 yeah. wormhole. And no one was like, this build a time machine with this kind of reactor. It's just yeah. wormhole, wormhole, wormhole. Well, I think that's the most common sense way of doing it. But yeah. that's when everyone says this is the only way to do it, that's when somebody like 
Mr. Mallard comes along. Mr. Mallet, not yeah. the duck. But Mar- Mr. Mallet comes along and says, what about this? And then everyone goes, oh, oh. what about that? Yeah, information backwards. I mean, look, if Carl Sagan hadn't come out with contact, people wouldn't even start thinking about the fucking wormholes being transportation. Thank you, Carl Sagan. Thank you, Mr. Sagan. Billions and billions. That was my Carl Sagan. I can't. I don't even. I can't. <laughs> Tell me more pop culture. Well, this is one that I felt like came uh, out of necessity, and I'm glad it happened. Necessity is the mother of invention. It is. The X-Men franchise has been around for a long time. Yeah. It's the reason we all know who Hugh Jackman is. Yeah. So you have your first three X-Men movies. Yes. X-Men, X2, X3, The Last Stand. Okay. Then uh, the guy that directed Layer Cake, and I'm I'm blanking on his name, decided he would do a sort of prequel X-Men movie, which was great. I was like, this is amazing. I would love to see the X-Men in their classic suits and all this other stuff. But this is one thing that bugs me about if you decide to do something like this. He decided that he would do a prequel movie that really wasn't canon. Matthew Vaughn. Matthew Vaughn, thank you. Uh, He decided he would do a prequel movie that really wasn't canon. So while it was a good movie, it ended with throwing everything in the other movies completely out of whack. For example, at the beginning of X3, Mm-hmm. You know generally what the X-Men are. I know that there are mutant humans yes. that have like, Wolverine is like, my fingers are claws. Well, and I mean, a he's lady... got claws in his hands, yeah. Okay, and another lady is like, every time you touch me, I get hurt. Yeah. And someone lady is like, oh, look, I have blue skin. <laughs> yes, basically. He just that's... boils it all down. Oh, oh, and one guy is like, I have one eye and it has lasers in it. <laughs> well, he doesn't just have one eye, but. He does have lasers coming out of his eyes. Nailed it. Um, so the X-Men were started by Professor Charles Xavier, who is a mutant. Who's in a wheelchair. Who's in a wheelchair. Played by Patrick Stewart. Played by Patrick Stewart. No, and that's a lie. No, that's true. That's exactly right. Why, why, are you wasn't contra- he, wasn't- why are you contradicting both of us? I'm just telling you, you're exactly right. Ian McKellen is the other guy. Oh, I get them confused And he's in the X-Men the as well. Because he's the main villain. But here's the thing. When the X-Men I thought was... Mr. X was the bad guy. No, Professor X is a good guy. Oh. Here's the deal. Okay. When the X-Men was first written, it was supposed to be, in the comic books, it was during the Civil Rights Movement. It was supposed to be a parable for civil rights, with Charles Xavier being sort of the Martin Luther King character, oh. and Magneto being sort of the Malcolm X character. Oh. Both wanted the same outcome by different means. Okay. So Magneto was a villain, yeah, because he fought the X-Men, Okay. but he just was a more extreme, like, we don't need to get along with the humans, we're the superior race, and Charles Xavier is like, we need to get along. Okay. So the mutants were basically a metaphor for race relations. Okay. So in the movies, they kind of kept that going, but then the movies became about, especially X2, became more about homosexuality. It's nice when you just like only cast white people in a movie that's like originally about race and stuff. I mean, to be fair, the original X-Men were all white people. But that was at a time when I mean, that's still horrible. Well, I think the idea was we need to... If you beat someone over the head with your message, they're going to Right, I'm not it. saying to make everybody, like, a person of I color. Mean, of course they eventually had but, black people in the comics. But I think the idea at this point was, hey, white people, this is what they're going through, and we're going to use it in a fun metaphorical way to yeah, show Yeah, but I just think, like, okay, well, if you're really caring about that, we, you're going to maybe whole, have... Debating the merits of the X-Men is a whole other episode. It was just, it was a risky thing at the time. Risky? Yeah, and it paid off. Because it started this great series and whatever. Okay. And the movies became mainly about really homosexuality. Right. You were a mutant. You were born that way. You didn't have a choice. But people right. rejected you. Blah, 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 blah. But that's- Lady Gaga, born that way. There you go. That was a skull sidebar. At the beginning of X3- X3. 
you see Charles Xavier because Charles Xavier and 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 Magneto used to be buddies. Yes, they're like really really tight. Like Dumbledore and Grindelwald. Yes. So at the beginning of X three, you see them older. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's it it goes back into the past a little, but you still see Patrick Stewart basically looking at Patrick Stewart, mm-hmm. and he's walking. <gasps> and you're like, oh, and then you see Magneto, and they're going to see Jean Grey because they know she's a powerful psychic, and they're Nailed still it. friends, and they're all like, okay, let's check this girl out. So Matthew Vaughn ends his prequel movie, which takes place during the Cuban Missile Crisis, mm-hmm. by having them separate his friends and having Charles Xavier get shot in the spine, and Ooh, all of a sudden he's handicapped. Yeah. And when I saw that movie, I went, fuck you, Matthew Vaughn, because the other movie that you're saying your mythology is a part of has already shown them older, still friends, and Charles and Xavier's walking. still walking. So I was a little, I love, First first uh, uh, first Class is a really fun movie. It's really well done. And yeah. that, but that moment was just like, oh, why'd you do that? Oh, yeah. And he tried to say that it wasn't canon with the rest of the movies, but he had a cameo by Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. So that's right there is saying Yeah, canon. these are going to be together. I when people fuck with their own mythology. Yeah. Now, there was... A, uh, a comic series in the X-Men universe called Days of Future Past. Yes. And in this series, I don't remember that much of the actual story in the comic. I think the movie mirrored it to an extent. Mm-hmm. But there are these things called Sentinels in the X-Men comic book universe mm-hmm. that are the ultimate sort of mutant killing thing. They're these giant robots and they're constructed for the purpose of seeking mutants out and killing them. Oh no. It's the only reason they exist bad things. And in Days of Future Past, it starts in the future when basically the Sentinels have won. <gasps> there are hardly any X-Men left. All the mutants are being killed. Noi! So they have to go back into the past and stop the person that invents the Sentinels from inventing them. Amazing. And what they did in the movie was they did twofold. A, they did a really kick-ass X-Men movie. Okay. B, uh, 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 they ch- one, one of the plot lines from the comic they changed is that... Um, because she's just a more popular character, mm-hmm. they had a different... Because basically they had... Well, Wolverine's the most popular character in the comics Probably. and the movies. So in the in the, uh, in the the comics, it was this girl, Kitty Pride, who's also known as Shadowcat, who, who sort of phased herself into the past. Okay. In this movie, because Wolverine ages very slowly because of his healing factor, they mm-hmm. said, hey, if we can somehow get your consciousness, Wolverine, into your past body... You'll basically be yourself now in your younger body, and no one will tell the difference anyway because uh-huh. you look the same today okay. and back then. Okay, so that's what they do. Okay, so all of a sudden, Wolverine. But, but the entire like, you know, people who are watching this movie were like, "No, Hugh Jackman like definitely looks older than." Oh no! How did Hugh Jackman is? Oh, you get to see uh, his butt though. There we go. That's okay, the way I'm they ready. Solve the problem. I'm Don't ready. question what he looks like. You get to see his ass. Show his booty. Okay. So, um, they sent his consciousness back to his mid sixties self, his late or early seventies self. Peter Dinklage plays the main <gasps> bad guy. Peter Dinklage, and uh, that becomes the whole plot of the movie. But in the course of the plot of the movie that follows the comics, they also fixed some of the things <gasps> that got fucked up in First Class. Oh, good. So they restored most of the mythology. So I was like, what a great all encompassing. Oh, so smart. Doing a really good version of the comic book story. Uh, also, which fixing... makes the beginning of three match up. Yeah, Basically. genius. Yeah, I like. Yeah, I oh I liked it too. Believe me, because I that irritated me that he would consciously just do whatever he wanted to do with the story. It's like making a sequel to a movie and then fucking everything up. Do you think he meant to do that the whole time? Yes. No. 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 He was not the one that did Days of Future Past. Oh, Brian Singer was. I get it. So yeah, I don't think so he gave he a shit. It's kind of like George Lucas meant to have Luke and Leia kiss. Yes, exactly. Lies. That's a lie, lies. George Lucas. All lies. 
Uh, do you want to keep going? I want to keep going with this pop culture, but okay, can I can I take a pee break first? Of course. Okay. <clears throat> oh my gosh, we're back. So we were talking about the grandfather paradox, and it's interesting that the only movie I can think of that sort of follows that even slightly closely is one of my favorite recent time travel movies, and it's a movie called Looper. Have you heard of that one? I have heard of that one, but I haven't seen it. It's really good. It's because it's in loops. Well, yeah, you close your loop, as they say. So what happens in the movie is Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays a a guy who sort of works for the mob. Okay. In the future, they Mm -hmm. have found a way to send people back in time. And what if, if if you're a mafia guy, the best way to get rid of somebody... Because all forms of murder are illegal and easily, well, obviously illegal, but also easily traceable. It's very hard to get away with murder in the future. Oh, good. If time travel exists, what you do is (gasps) you pay somebody in the past to send the person back into the past to where the person in the past can shoot them. Oh, my gosh. And kill them. So he's a looper. And what that basically means is he's hired by this mob lord, knowing that at some point in his own future, he is going to be sent back in time so that he can kill his future self. Wait, say that again. So, his job is to kill people from the future. The mob gets them, they strap money on them, they send them back to the past, they always appear at the same spot. Oh my gosh, they go back in the... So it's, okay, so Joseph Gordon-Levitt isn't a future man that's going back in time. He is a current, right now man. Well, it's, it's... The movie starts... Slightly right. into the future, but, but he's yes. a like present day yeah. quote unquote man yeah. who future future people come to yes. and say, "I have all this future cash. Do you want well, it? He, Please he murder works, someone." He works for the mafia. The mafia. Okay. So this mob lord comes from the future and this starts hiring people, and he he hires Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He says, "All you have to do is go to the specific spot at the time I tell you. Someone will appear there. You shoot them to death, bury the bodies. <gasps> there's money on them." You're rich. So it's not like he's hired. Sorry, I'm like trying to wrap my brains around. So they, the mob lords are like, I'm going to take this person from the future who I want to kill, but I can't kill them. I'm going to send them back in time to the exact moment where Joseph Gordon-Levitt's going to be there with the gun and go bang, bang, bury, bury, dead. The way the movie starts is he's standing in this cornfield. No one else is around. (gasps) And there's this... He's just standing there with a shotgun, aiming it at nothing. All of a sudden, a guy appears on his knees with a pillowcase over his head. Joseph Gordon-Levitt blows him away, walks over, opens his shirt, takes the money off, buries the body, goes about his life. Oh my gosh. But the idea is, you get hired knowing that when you hit a certain age, they're going to come after you and send you back in time. So Why? that your past self will kill your future self to what? close the loop. To make it so you never existed. Not that you never existed, but that you can never. It's to. It's to. I think the idea is to shut you up. Oh my gosh! And when you're young and you don't care, you're like I don't want to live to be fifty anyway. Yeah, send myself back when I'm fifty. But that's also the sign that you're done. Like oh my gosh! When you when you see your when you kill your future self, that's the mob boss saying. I'm done with you. Enjoy your retirement until the day we come and get you and send you back into the past so you can kill yourself. 
Oh my gosh. But in the movie, Bruce Willis is his future self. And Bruce Willis comes back. Oh, now that would be confusing for me as an audience member to he have actually, to believe yeah, they, that Bruce they made Willis. Joseph, they used some makeup to make Joseph Gordon-Levitt look a little bit like Bruce Willis. I like. And he's a really good actor, so he kind of did, not necessarily an imitation. But but it worked well. If enough. I didn't know he was supposed to be Bruce Willis, I wouldn't have. Right. But it's still pretty good. But they're, okay. But what happens is when Bruce Willis comes back, he gets away from him. <gasps> and now the mob boss in present day is going, um... You have to kill your future self, or I'm going to kill you now. Oh my gosh. So he's on a journey trying to find his future self while his future self is trying to find him to stop him from killing him when he wants to kill his future self. Speaking of a grandfather paradox, that is so much. <laughs> it's like a grand self paradox. And it's such an entertaining movie. Oh and my the great gosh. thing about it, too, is it does this thing where the logistics of time travel are so difficult to explain. Because there are so many, especially in movies, there's so many theories that just run wild with them. Right. That there's a great moment in the movie where he is talking to his future self at a diner. Oh my gosh. And they both know Joseph Gordon-Levitt and his future self. It's like that scene from Heat, in a way. It's this really- What's Heat? Okay, never mind. Click, 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 click. It's this really great scene because they're being very polite to each other, but they know what the stakes are. Oh, no. Bruce Willis knows that George Gordon-Levitt wants, wants to kill him. Joseph Gordon-Levitt knows that Bruce Willis is trying to survive, which means he'll die. Oh, now. my gosh. So they have this really interesting conversation, and there's all this tension in the air. But So Joseph Gordon-Levitt actually brings something up to him about time travel, and Bruce Willis goes, you know, we could sit here all day and talk about the logistics of time travel. doesn't matter, which is sort of the screenwriter's way of looking at the audience and going, don't overthink this one too much. Uh-huh, Let's just uh-huh, enjoy uh-huh, the ride. Uh-huh, uh-huh. One of the most interesting, horrific parts of the whole movie, though, is there is a guy, a different guy, who... In the future, <laughs> so this all sets off this chain reaction of events that affect the future. Uh-huh. Joseph Gordon-Levitt has this guy that's working for the mob boss coming after him, uh-huh. and he fails. <gasps> so he gets tortured. Uh-huh. And in the future, his future self gets a message from his young self that uh-huh. he's being tortured. <gasps> and so his future self is like, oh shit, I gotta get out of here. And he starts to run away, and all of a sudden his legs disappear. <gasps> and then all of a sudden, his fingers disappear. Oh, my gosh. Because in present day, they're torturing him and cutting off all those, all those things Oh, off. my gosh. So in the future, the stuff just starts disappearing. So it is like a single changeable Absolutely. timeline. Absolutely. But it kind of isn't, because if it were a single changeable timeline, right. and Joseph Gordon-Levitt succeeded in killing his, like, let's say, like, a looper, right. a, a generic looper dude, succeeded in killing his... Oh, he's you kill your future self. Yes. So that doesn't change the timeline. That's, right. That's closing your loop is what they call it. Yeah, because it doesn't... And I can't remember what their reasoning is for sending your old self back so your young self can kill them, other than we just want to get rid of these guys yeah. so that they don't talk. Yeah, but and you're already just a kill killer. You yeah. I don't know, but that's the construct of the movie. That's it, amazing. Yeah, because I was going to say it doesn't hold, but it does. If it's a single changeable well, timeline. Well, I need to go back and watch it again. They may have explained that better than I've been explaining it. No, that is explained but beautifully. it was so entertaining. And also one of those things that you just sort of accept. Going back to Monty Python. Uh, uh, yeah. And my last entry... Before I get to it, though, I want to like uh, uh, give a shout out to a couple of things. Uh, the guy that did the animations for Monty Python, all those weird like two dimensional cardboardy yeah. animations, his name is Terry Gilliam. He's a very famous American director. He's the only American member of Monty Python, and he did a movie back in the eighties called Time Bandits. Ooh, uh, were they like little raccoons? They were dwarves, little people, who just this band of people that traveled through time and did things. And this so one kid got like, caught up with them, like the. 
Oh, what is that name of those really tiny people that like live in houses? Uh, Smurfs? No. They're uh, like the novel. They're like the novelty Lukes or something. They're Hipsters? like no, I'm gonna Google this. Cut Just dwarves, this, Emily. Cut Just this midgets. Out. It's well, another word for well. midget. Midget's not the PC term anymore. No, that's not at all a PC term. Don't say that. I'm trying to explain to you what they were. They were just very short people. Okay, so those are the time bandits. They're the time bandits, and it's a really fun movie. But that brings me to the best, my favorite example of time travel. Again, directed by Terry the Gilliam. The Borrowers, that's what I was thinking of. Oh, no, they're not that small. Okay, great. They're regular like dwarf people, like three, four foot tall. Oh, okay, great. Um, Again, Terry Gilliam. Okay. Because he's got weird, crazy, wonderful imagination, starring Bruce Willis, and it's called 12 Monkeys. Oh! That's... No, that's not based on the 12 Samurai. No, it's not. 12 Monkeys? Yes. Plot is, you know how we were talking earlier about all these people that claim to have time-traveled? Yes. I think the idea came from a guy who went to 1995 or something along those lines, said he was from the future, got committed to a mental asylum... And said, like, no, you got to let me out in the year 2000. The disease is going to strike that (gasps) kills most of the world's population. You got to let me out. Obviously, that didn't happen. But so in the future, in this movie, it's the future. It starts in the future. A disease has wiped out most of the Earth's population. Okay. We've all moved underground. Okay. We don't know if we can survive on the surface of the planet anymore. Time bandits. Kind of. No. Bruce Willis is a convict. Okay. In the underground world where we live now. Okay. And they do this experiment where they volunteer, quote unquote, anyone who's incarcerated to go back in time to right before the disease started to gather as much information as they can and report back so that they can maybe cure the disease in the future. Okay. They're not worried about stopping the disease. They just want to get info. They just want to get info to, fix to cure it. the disease because this is the example of the past is the past. You cannot change it. Ooh, okay. So they send him back in time. He automatically gets beaten up and sent to a mental asylum and they're talking to him about it. The okay. doctors there are trying to figure out what's going on yeah. and he's telling them like, look, I'm from the future in, a, in about a year or two this disease is going to start that wipes out the population and they go, so you're trying to stop it. He goes, no, I can't stop it. It's already happened. Like, this is the past. Wow, the past, yeah. The past doesn't change. And he keeps going back and forth between this dystopian, awful future where some really eerie, at the very beginning of it, he has to go up and get these samples, and he's in this this clear see-through suit, and the animals have taken over. <gasps> so he's in the Yay! middle of New York. It's really creepy, though, because he's in the middle of New York, there's plants everywhere, and he hears this, this roar, and he looks up, and there's a lion on top of the Yay! library. And it's so creepy. There's something really creepy about it. I but love the 12 it. 12 Monkeys comes from, he meets a guy in the asylum, played wonderfully by Brad Pitt, by the way. Oh, who's just completely, Bradley. He's very good in the movie. Who's just completely nuts. And Bruce Willis accidentally implant. They think that this organization called the 12 Monkeys are the people who, who created the disease and let ah, it spread. Mm. And in the past, he accidentally gives Brad Pitt the idea for the 12 Monkeys. Because he's telling him about it, not realizing oh, this is the kid that starts the 12 gosh. monkeys. So it, so the past can be changed. No, it can't. This all already happened. Oh, it already happened. They just didn't know because they're still gathering information. It's like the time turner. Yes. The thing's already happened. Yes. So they're going after this group called the 12 oh, monkeys. They just didn't know yet at that point that Brad Pitt was sort of the leader of the 12 monkeys. And well, also Bruce Willis was Jaw so dropping. drugged. 
Oh, okay. Because they give him like, all these antipsychotic drugs that he's oh, just like, he's right. got saliva So Brad Pitt's trying to talk to him about it, and he lets all this stuff spill. I'm yeah. sure he didn't intend to, but he's, he's just not in his it. right mind. So Brad Pitt's like, ooh, 12 monkeys, that's a good idea. And then when he gets back to the future, everyone goes, oh, you're what gave him the idea for the 12 monkeys. Oh my gosh, we were trying to figure we, out where this came from, but it's you. Oh but gosh. does it? Because the twist is it may not have come from Brad Pitt, it may have come from someone else. Oh my gosh! But the... the that's a big spoiler. No, don't spoil it. Okay. Well, there is a dream no, do. sequence. Spoil it. Well, spoil the movie it. starts do it. with Bruce Willis asleep. Yes. And he sees a man running through an airport in his dreams. Okay. And he sees some police behind the guy shoot him to death. And he oh. sees this woman with blonde hair come up and cry. And then she gets up and she looks around and she sees a little boy, which is Bruce Willis as a kid. Uh-huh. So... You go through the whole movie, and it's very specific. Like, the guy that gets shot is in a Hawaiian shirt running through the airport. Yeah. He's got long hair. Bruce Willis is bald. Right. He, but he meets this woman that looks exactly like the woman in his dreams, <gasps> except she has dark hair. Mm. Through the course of the movie, he gets her to believe that this is all real, so she decides she's going to help him try and stop this disease. And But now he's a criminal because he's escaped from the mental asylum. He's done a lot of violent acts. And then at the last second, they decide, you know what? Let's just get the fuck out of here. Let's just let the world do what it's going to do. Oh, my gosh. We need some disguises. So she goes and gets these disguises, and she shows up in this blonde wig, and she hands him this wig to wear, and he's going, oh, fuck. Hawaiian shirt. I'm the guy in my dream. And he sees himself uh, as a kid? He realizes at the last second that it wasn't the 12 monkeys, that it's this one scientist who has the disease in a briefcase that he's about to release in this airport. So Bruce Willis gets a gun and is going to go after the guy. All the police see is Bruce Willis going after this guy with a gun. Oh, my god! So they gun him down, and the woman's over his body, and she realizes, oh, my God, this is the dream he's talking about. So the boy version of him is here somewhere looking at this happening. And he lo- she looks around she for looks him. She looks around, and they make eye contact at the last second before they grab her and take her away. Oh, my god! Some heavy shit, right? That's amazing. But it also is like the past can't change. That is the time travel movie right. that I believe the most because if you can go back into the past, whatever you do, everything's going to work out exactly the same because it's already happened. Exactly. That's kind of how I feel time travel works. Yeah. Like the past that we know it as the past right. is always going to be the past. Right. The future that we know will always be the future. Even if we have time travelers who can like plop back into our future which is their past, right. and do some stuff. That's how it always was going to happen. Right. Oh, my gosh. That's well, amazing. If you really want to get your mind blown. I'm not ready, but okay. Are you going to show me that thing about traveler? Well, there was a story traveler? Uh, a couple of years ago, maybe last year. It's too much. The name of this article is, Did This Man Find a Wormhole Under His Kitchen Sink? Uh, it's from How do you find these videos? I was Googling like time travel survivors. I've known about this one for a while. Fine. Uh, this is from StrangerDimensions.com. Oh On my August gosh. August 30th, 2006 in Sweden, Hakan Nordvist. Hakan Nordvist. I don't know how to pronounce it. We're doing great with pronunciation. Came home to find water pooling on his kitchen floor. Assuming it was a leak, he gathered some tools and opening the kitchen sink cabinet, reached his arm in to feel for the piping. But he reached farther than he'd expected. His Ooh. words... I had to crawl inside the cabinet, and as I did so, I discovered that it just continued. So I kept crawling further and further into Narnia. the cabinet. Narnia! Well, kind of. In the <laughs> end of the tunnel, I saw a light. When I got there, I realized I was in the future. Nordqvist claimed that he traveled into the future to the year 2042. There, 
he met his 72-year-old self, and they compared tattoos and shared personal information that only the true Nordqvist would know. He allegedly captured the footage of himself with his cell phone. In his words, I don't care if people think I'm a liar. I know I'm not. I met myself in the future, and I was fine. That's all I know. As is usually the case, sometimes it's better to suspend disbelief and just enjoy the story itself. A man finds a wormhole under his kitchen sink and meets his future self, videotapes the encounter on his phone, and makes it back in time for dinner. Why not? Do you want to see the video? Yes. I want this to be either a really elaborate hoax, or I want this to be real. Oh my gosh. I'm watching it again. I mean, it could be him. Did you see the picture of the tattoo? Yeah. But I mean, it's, I mean, it could be two people with the same tattoo. Oh, absolutely. It could be someone that just drew the tattoo on his own arm. But just imagine if it's not. Oh, that would be so cool. Like, this guy was able to go into the future and come back. Now, do you ask me honestly if I believe that's what happened? No. In my heart of hearts, no. But just what if? In my heart of hearts, I kind of want to. I want to. I just don't believe it's true. Okay. It's... You know, I, I can look at this picture and go, yeah, I could see that being that, that guy's future self. But there's a lot of people I could see being people's future selves. You know, there's a whole group of people right now that believes in time travel because they found a picture of some guy in the 18th century that looks like Nicolas Cage. So oh, my gosh. Cage yeah, that's so funny, right? So, I like looking at those, like, celebrity people from yeah. the past. It's so cool. But to me, like, this is <sighs> the most, if this guy's hoaxing, and I'm 99.9% sure he is, it's pretty fun. I know, that's but cool. That I think that's the miracle and the beauty of science and discovery and imagination is it doesn't matter how much you research something or how much time you put into something, there's always that one little .01% in the back of your mind that goes, but what if? Yeah. And that's why you work to prove it. And that's why you work to find out if wormholes exist. And that's why you work to find out if we'll ever time travel someday. Nobody of our generation believes we ever will in our lifetime, but what if? We could do it. What if? What if? What if? What if you wanted to give us a five-star review on Stitcher or iTunes or email us, lucky10,000 at gmail.com or Twitter at lucky underscore 10K? What if, Emily? What if? Anything is possible. So this unplanned two-parter has been a lot of fun. It's been great. And uh, I hope you guys have enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. I've learned a lot. Emily, thank you for once again doing most of the legwork. Hey, no, you did all the pop stuff that I would stuff have I already knew. no <laughs> idea about. I already knew it. So. Oh, good. Really thank God. Anything. I just wrote down a list of, oh, what time travel movies could I talk about? Oh, thank God. I, that would have been the worst <laughs> task for me. I'd be like, um, uh, that's what. Maybe that's... I should give you a homework assignment of watching no. one of these movies. Oh, no. You should go watch 12 Monkeys, though. It's really good. I might. I might. Now I, you spoiled it for me. I'm going to watch it. I can let you watch Primer. I've got it. Gross. Anyway, um, this has been great. Um, so we will see you next week. Well, next next week in two weeks into the future. Time travel. With the cosmic strings. And cosmic rays. rays. We don't know. For cosmic sure. stuff. The stuff in the cosmics. We're gonna real we're gonna research some of it yeah. and see if we know anything about it. We're gonna do it. All right. I hope you got lucky tonight. Bye. Oh, oh no, my oh, gosh, the water's oh, everywhere. If only we could if only in the past that hadn't happened. Oh, Thank you for being a part of the Lucky 10,000. Email us at lucky10,000 at gmail.com. Find Lucky 10,000 on Twitter at lucky underscore 10k. And visit our podcast network site at beardedpodsnetwork.com.